0: Story side. Can we give it up for all of our teams, all of the hours, the lighting, the video, the creatives? In 2020, in 2020, we had 1.3 million minutes watched online. Uh, at one point, I think it was 50 some nights in a row, uh, and just all of the people. I know you see some on the screen, but there's a lot of people that gave hours and hours and hours that. Or behind the scenes uh, to help make all of that happen and so thank you everyone uh, for your investment and all of the teams I know you already applauded but would you appreciate all those that made 2020 possible with our online experience we also want to welcome those joining us online right now there's hundreds of, of, of you online but a few that, that I just noticed Lauren Uh, is online. The Thetgeys are online. We love you. The Stars, David and Cheryl. Glad you're online with us today. John and Heather Hill, Philip Evans, the Stuckerts, the Atwell family. Uh, We've been praying for you Atwells, believing for a miracle there. The Bufords are online. The list goes on. I know you've applauded two times already, but three times. Will you let our online family know today? We're glad that you are with us. How about them Buckeyes? The uh, Rick Fisher, who serves on the pastor's team, was telling me a joke between services. It was at how does Clemson make cookies? How does Dabo... How do you make Clemson Clemson cookies? You add sugar to a bowl bowl and you beat it for three hours? Is that what it is? (laughs) Whoa, whoa. uh, My boy is having his first game of the season right now. My wife is cheering him on. Uh, in basketball. And um, so I hope my boy scores. I love being in church, but like the dad side of me is like, go Micaiah Solomon. Uh, I'm glad you're here today. We had such a great service at nine o'clock and I'm believing for God to do some amazing things in this service today. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had a happy new year. I, I get jokes sent to me all the time and uh, I appreciate it, honestly. Flood me with the jokes. I, I love it. Some of you post them online and then you share it. Don't post it online. Just send it to me like inbox message. Uh, so, I, I, you know, probably half of them couldn't make it to the podium like here. <laughs> but give it a shot, I guess. Uh, I always have to run them through my wife, see if I get thumbs up or down. But I love getting jokes sent to me. Uh, and my nephew told me one over Christmas. So I, I have a sister. Her name is Rebecca. Don and she has two kids, Logan and Samantha. And my nephew Logan told me a joke over Christmas and I wanted to share it today. What do you call, what do you call a hippies wife? Mississippi. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. Someone else shared with me what do you call someone who takes care of chicken? Uh, Takes care of chickens. What do you call someone who takes care of chickens? Chicken tender? Uh, Someone else share with me, what's blue? What's blue and not that heavy? Light blue. Uh I love it. I love it. Keep them coming. Uh, Our word of the year here at StorySide this year is comeback. Everyone say comeback. We often encourage people to pick a personal word of the year. Many of you have done that, some of you have shared with me, you're still processing what that word wants to be for this year. Maybe to help you, you know, sometimes people will say, what exactly is the word of the year? A little bit different maybe than just the New Year's resolution of I'm going to go to the gym or I want to eat better, different, different things people will say. Sometimes a word of the year can be like an anchor for you, like a spiritual anchor where you will filter things through that word. And so for me, my personal word of the year uh, this year is family. Family. Uh, my oldest is turning 21. My 18-year-old daughter's graduating. Makai's moving on from elementary. Different things that will make up this year for me. And the word of the year can help you filter, can help you filter things through that word. So when when you pick a word uh, and you are making decisions and choices the next 12 months, sometimes whether it's spiritually or, or whatever, you just ask yourself, what would? So in years past, I've I've had words like, like focus, our churches had words like develop and discipline. I would ask myself, what would focus tell me to do right now? What would focus tell me to do? And it's amazing sometimes how a word of the year can just bring you back to alignment. And so, our word of the year for the church this year is the word comeback. And we are believing that in the next 12 months, God is going to do some amazing things. Some things are going to come back in your life. And maybe that's joy coming back or peace coming back, vision, creativity. Whatever that is, I'm believing that this year, we're going to experience a comeback. Uh, And even during worship today, I just fell, I I went over, I was praying with Pastor Chad, uh, who pastors him and his wife, Mallory, our Ontario location, and just felt to pray for them during worship. We prayed together during the psalm, but I was praying that word over Ontario. Ontario is going to come back, not just a piece or a part or a little bit, they're going to come back stronger than ever. And people on that side of our region, there's a lot of people going to hear about Jesus, experience life change. They're going to have a comeback this year. I believe East Knox, Pastor Josiah and Whitney, I believe we're going to have a comeback. I believe Belleville is going to have a comeback. Uh, I believe in our Butler location, God's going to do some great things there uh, and even above and beyond that. How many of you believe that God's going to do great things in 2021? I want to pray over you today. I want to share four stories in the Bible about crowds, four stories about crowds. And in the next 20 or 30 minutes, I'm just asking God in the room and online, I'm asking that we would be able to block out distractions, that we would be able to lean in and be able to lean into God's presence. The Bible tells in several instances that the word of God didn't do anything good. It was, he used the word profit. It wasn't able to profit because it wasn't mixed with faith. In other words, God's Word is powerful, it's true, it's life-changing, but you and I have to do our part, and we have to have our faith mixed with His Word. When that happens, God can do amazing things. How awesome would it be on January 3rd if our faith connected with God's Word and something supernatural happened like like right now? Uh, And so that's what I want to pray for. God, I thank you for this day. This is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. This is a life-changing day for someone. And so let your word go forth in power. Let it be mixed with our faith. I promise, I promise I will give you all the glory. The Lord's Prayer is, is reminding us over and over, it's your kingdom, it's your power, and it's your glory. And so we give you the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone said amen. Several of you this week sent me Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers jokes. I'm sharing none of them. I'm sharing none. I wanted to. I just don't feel confident yet. Maybe next Sunday. Uh, Once I see what happens, I may share your joke. Um, Corey Ten Boom said this, faith, everyone say faith, faith sees through the fog. Right out of the gate today, maybe you would say, Pastor Micah, There's a lot of fog in my life right now. Things that have happened, things I'm facing. And I want to challenge you because it's easy to get caught up in the fog. The fog for some of you, maybe it's a report, maybe it's an update, maybe it's a fear and anxiety. What if this happens? What if this takes place? You turn on the news, you scroll social media, it's easy to get caught up in the fog. But faith sees through the fog. So as we go into a new year, what is faith challenging you to see through? As we look at these four crowd kind of stories in the Bible today, many of them I'm sure you have heard of but but let me go through. We're going to extract a couple of points from each one. Mark chapter 10 verse 46 and they came to Jericho. Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd. So I'm going to tell four crowd stories. The Bible says here there was a large crowd. They're leaving the city. So several of these stories I'm going to read, it references that Jesus is leaving. You say, Micah, why, why does that intrigue you? I, I'm just intrigued by last-minute miracles. I, I've always been intrigued since I went to Bible college in 1990. I've always been intrigued with last-minute miracles. It doesn't matter if it's the thief on the cross or other stories in the Bible. I'm just intrigued by a last-minute miracle. Jesus is leaving. There's a large crowd. The Bible says that there is a blind man, Bartimaeus, who's sitting on the roadside. Some translations would say, Ganon, that he was on the side He was down, over, maybe in your own life you have felt that way. I have, that you have been sidetracked. Maybe that would be a word you would resonate, like, Pastor Micah, I just feel like I'm off track right now. So Jesus is leaving, large crowd, Bartimaeus is on the side when he heard it was Jesus. He began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Every story I'm going to read to you today is also filled with a moment in in the story, it's filled with a moment where you're going to hear can't, won't, shouldn't. You're going to hear, in every story I read, you're going to hear something like that. Here's that part of this story. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. So if you read that in different versions, you're going to find there's all kinds of words that they use where they tell him, don't cry out, don't trouble him. don't." That there, there's going to be a lot of don'ts, do nots in that part of the story. His response is what I think could be and should be an example to all of us today. His response is that he cried, Michaela, he cried, all the more he cried even louder before I married Angel we've been married coming up on 24 years I traveled several years was back and forth across Canada a bunch of times and several hundred churches 17 different states and at one point we had a motor home and traveling and before I was even before I was even married I used to preach this story that I'm reading to you right now from just one angle and it was what I just read to you. Why did the crowd, Lisa, why did the crowd tell Bartimaeus? This is what I used to preach all over the place. Why did the crowd crowd tell Bartimaeus to be quiet? Because they weren't blind. And I was in my early 20s, and I used to preach that all the time. They told Bartimaeus, be quiet because they weren't blind. You know, sometimes even in a setting like this, you could look at the person on your row, and you could be thinking, Why are they crying? Like, why do they have hands raised? Like, why are they so into this moment? Like, like, shh, just quiet down a little bit. Like, you're not going to get all emotional. But if you don't know what they're going through, if you're not Bartimaeus, if you're not blind, it's easy to tell people, tone down, quiet down, shut it down. But when you're Bartimaeus and Jesus is passing and you've got a shot to get his attention, the Bible said Bartimaeus cried even the more... Son of David. Maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe you feel like God, I I don't like I'm excited about 12 months and but I need a miracle like right now, January 3rd. I don't want to wait for a week or a month. I need God to make a move right now. Bartimaeus cried even the more. Son of David, have mercy. Jesus stopped. Stopped. This is powerful. Because you start thinking about all the times in your life he stopped for you. He stopped. Other people, I mean, the Bible says a large crowd. Sometimes life can get so busy, everyone just moves on. Just moves on. But Jesus stopped. And he calls for Bartimaeus. They go over, they tell Bartimaeus, uh, he's calling you. Cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Verse 50, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet, came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? What a powerful question. What do you want me to do for you? Blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Here, here's two words that really matter today. Your, your faith. The Bible says, everyone, everyone, everyone. There's no one in the room. There's no one online exempt from this. Everyone's given a measure of faith. But what you do with your faith matters. So you could stretch your faith. You could exercise your faith. You could stir up your faith. Right? So what you do with your faith matters. There was one time that the followers of Christ were, were, were questioning, what are we supposed to do? And, and they had a lot of things they were facing. Jesus responds, have faith. Have faith in God. In this moment, he said, your faith has healed you. Here's what I want you to see from this first crowd story. There's a large crowd, so, so we see the large crowd, we see the location, he's on the side of the road, we see his limitations, he's blind, we see that Jesus is leaving, right? So sometimes when, when some, someone is leaving, you could almost say things like, oh, I don't want to bug you, you know, it's okay, I know we don't have a lot of time, right? Jesus is leaving. All of the odds, if you would, in this story, when I read it, I feel like the odds are stacked against him. On top of that, when he's crying out, he's being criticized, and Jesus poses the question in the middle of all of that. Now I know your story would differ some. It's 2021, we're coming out of 2020. Maybe you would tell me, this is what sidetracked me. This is the sidelines of my life. Maybe your story doesn't have the exact same details, but I want you to be drawn to the question. What do you want me to do for you? Connie, what do you want me to do for you? what do you want me to do for you? Come on, mom and dad. What do you want me to do for you? Spouse, what do you want me to do for you? Young leader, college student, what do you want me to do for you? Parent, what do you want me to do for you? What a powerful, can you imagine if God asked you that question right now? Business leader, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Some of you, as you are choosing a word of the year, or you're looking at the next 12 months, or, or more specifically, as you are sitting in this service right now, for those of you that are joining our online family, in this moment, if you were to answer that question, what do you want God to do for you in 2021? Bartimaeus says, I, I want to receive my sight jesus said your faith your faith your faith the second crowd story is luke chapter number eight verse 42 as jesus was on his way the crowds everyone say the crowds i want to tie all four of these stories together and i want to show you some similarities the crowds almost crushed him and a woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years but no one could heal her that's the can't won't, shouldn't part No. no Twelve years, expenditures, money, no one, no one, no one could heal her. She came up behind and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd, we're talking about the crowd, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Everyone's bumping into you. But Jesus said, no, someone... I'm not talking about a bump or talking about a crowd. I'm talking about a push. Someone touch me. I know that power of virtue has gone out from me. He said to her daughter, here's the words again. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So again, looking at this second crowd story, we have a crowd. We have the timeline. The timeline is telling us. 12 years, she has spent, she has exasperated, she's put all this energy and effort, all these resources into trying to find an answer. No one, nothing. The Bible says she comes in the crowd. Not only does she come in the crowd, but if you read different translations and stories, she basically crawls through the crowd. She gets close enough to the edge or to the end most people believe it's a prayer shawl, what they would call the CC or the tassel. She was somehow able to reach out, to grasp, to touch, to hold it. And in this moment, her condition changes. And the Bible says that the bleeding stops. Not, not only does the bleeding stop, Jesus stops. Jesus stops. Jesus stops. So you have the bleeding that stops, you have Jesus that stops. And he asked the question, who touched me? Now if you remember, if you remember the first verse when we read it, it said that the crowds, Pastor Malory, the crowds were almost crushing him. And he stops and asks a question that almost doesn't make sense unless you're Jesus. Because we look on the outward appearance. Maybe you've heard that before. Man looks on the outward appearance. That's what the Bible says. So what the followers of Christ, what the disciples said, makes perfect sense. The crowd is almost crushing you. There's people pushing everywhere. There's people bumping. What do you mean who touched you? Jesus said, no, this touch was different. I felt power go out of my body. Now, I want to just take the principle of what we just covered and apply it in your own life. You could have hundreds of people joining us online. And I'm thankful for technology, but maybe you're getting a cup of coffee. Maybe you have to take a restroom break. Maybe like the Pelkey family, you know, you're saying, Hey, be quiet, pay attention, get off your phone. I know sometimes it's hard to focus on, on that phone or tablet or TV or computer. I get it. But, but, but maybe. In the midst of hundreds of people, there's somebody who's like really zoned in today. Like like it's just not another service. It's not like I'm making breakfast and like I hear every second or third or fourth sentence. Uh, You're really zoned in today. Maybe even in a moment like this, you could have a lot of people pulling onto the property and the parking lot team could be like, Pastor Micah, what do you mean? Who touched me? Like, who in the world is going to say, who touched me in a crowd that's almost crushing Jesus? But there are moments in our lives where we could all be singing. I've seen you move, you move the mountain, and I believe, and every row and every chair from the front to the back, we're singing together. But there's someone in the crowd, there's someone in the moment that really connects with God. And in this kind of a moment, not just another, if you would, another service, not just another weekend, not just another crowd. No, this is a desperate woman. This is a woman who has spent everything and has nothing left. I don't have tomorrow, next week, next month. There's nothing in the bank account for me to try another doctor. I don't have anything left but a crawl. I don't have anything left but a stretch. That's all I have left. And she comes to Jesus and reaches out and Jesus stops everything in the crowd and says that touch was different. I just wonder today if there's anybody in the room or online that has faith today that this touch, like right now, not a normal touch. For this woman, seems like she has been forgotten by humanity, but she's getting to be, she's gonna be recognized by the Savior. And the similarities of both of these first crowd kind of stories is that in Luke 8, you hear here, your faith, your faith, your faith. If we back up to the first story, Mark 10, 52, Bartimaeus, your faith, your faith. It's the same words, your faith. D.L. Moody said, real true faith is man's weakness leaning on God's strength. Let's read that again together. Real true faith is man's weakness. You say, I'm weak today, Micah. I don't feel like I have any strength. Well, faith is leaning on God's strength. The Bible says His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Maybe some of you today, your takeaway needs to be, I'm just going to lean. I know I could lean toward the fog, but in this moment, I'm going to lean towards faith. I know I could lean toward the facts, but right now, I'm just going to lean towards Jesus. I pray in our time together that your faith is being stirred up. The third Crowd story I want to read to you is Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 3, 4, 5, and 11. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not, I told you every story seems like it has a could not, shouldn't, won't, impossible And so today, if you're saying, Micah, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how hard it is. You don't know the facts. Every one of these stories seem to have that same similarity. Maybe you have felt that way. I've felt that way before. I've felt like I've looked at at situations in my life and felt there's no way it could change. Well, so did all of these people. The Bible says they could not, so they left. They could not, so they were like, all right, sorry, dude. Like, we'll carry you back home. Is that what happened? They could not, so they they made an opening in a roof of a house that we don't think was theirs. I'm not recommending that today. The Bible said they lowered their friend down. When Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not the guy on the mat, when Jesus saw these four guys, these four unnamed winners, these four friends that was like, I refuse to let you stay lame for the rest of your life. When Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 11, I tell you, get up take your mat, and go home. So again, as we close today, look at the similarities. We have a crowd. The Bible's going to tell us the condition. And then I want you to look at some details of this particular passage when it says that we are going to see the impact or the influence of what I would call positive friends. Can we say those two words together? Positive friends the influence of your friends will often determine the direction of your future. The influence of your friends. You say, I want a great 2021, Micah. Who's influencing you? You're going to make church a priority? You're going to make right relationships a priority? You're going to put yourself around positive people? Because if you want to get, like they did, if you want to get closer to Jesus, you want to get in the presence of God, you want to have some of those God moments, it's important that you and I have positive friends. Maybe today some of you need to be reminded that you need to be a positive friend. (laughs) There's enough negativity going on in the world today. There, there, there's enough pessimism, there's enough cynicism, maybe you need to be a cock carrier. You walk into your school, you walk onto your job, you, you come into even a life group or a small group, you're gonna be the one that says, hey, I wanna get closer to God. I wanna get closer to the miraculous. I wanna get closer. Maybe today you need positive friends. Maybe others you need to be. And need to be the positive friend. The second thing that we see is not only positive friends, but we see the importance of persistent faith. Persistent faith. Craig, you're a business owner. You do several different things, but one one of which is you'll inspect houses and a lot of times swamp busy, working super long hours. Probably not recommended to just be like tearing random roofs off, but for the sake of this crowd story. The principle of this passage includes persistent faith. That sometimes when we are faced with the option of growth spiritually, it's not always going to be easy. So if Gannon was to say, I wanna be everything God's called me to be, I'm gonna tell you Gannon, it's not always gonna be easy. If someone else would say, Pastor Micah, I want my marriage to be better. Someone could say, well, have have you tried reading through Proverbs together? Do you pray together? Have you read a book, his needs, her needs? Have you considered counseling? Do you come to church together? Do you serve together? Whatever they would ask you, you'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, I didn't know it entailed all that. I thought you could just pray a quick prayer over me. Right? Like I want to get in better shape or condition. I want my health to be better. I want... I mean, there's a hundred things we could say, but but sometimes we come to our miracle moment and they're in the windows and they're in the door and these four guys are looking at a packed house and a crowd and they're like... You know, in that miracle moment, you could almost be like, you know what, let's forget about it. Right? Maybe you've said forget about it in years past. You get into January, February, March and realize how tough it is to see your turnaround and you say, you know what, I'll just forget about it. But I want to challenge you in 2021. Why not have persistent faith? Why not determine this is my year? I'm not going to walk away anymore. I'm not going to say I'm done with it again. This is my year for persistent, come on story side, persistent. If you knock, keep on knocking. If you ask, keep on asking. If you seek, this is my year for persistent faith. Final thing that we see. So we have positive friends. We have persistent faith. And then we see the benefits and the blessings of the presence of God. So the positive friends is I'm going to carry the guy to Jesus. That's positive friends. Thank God for friends like that. Thank God for friends that don't leave when you're at your lowest point. Thank God for people in your life that won't quit even when you feel like quitting. Right? We're not told that this guy was like, take me to Jesus. We're told his friends was like, you're going to Jesus. Thank God for positive friends. Thank God for persistent faith. The doors, the windows, hey, we could tear the roof off. But you could do all of that. You could have hours and hours and hours of creatives and lighting and video and Teams that are like, let's do online services, and let's do 50 nights straight. Let's have parking lot teams, and waves of greeting, and first impressions, and, and prayer ministry teams. Let's get people on keyboard, and guitars, and bass, and drums. You, you could do all of those. You could have positive friends. You could have persistent faith. But if you don't have the presence of God, the presence of God changes everything. The anointing changes Everything. They lower the man to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, if we read these verses again, they're bringing him because he's lame. But in the moment, presence of God, we're in one of those moments right now. Jesus says, I forgive you of your sins. What Say, Pastor Micah, what do you mean the presence of God? Maybe maybe some of you are even new to all of this, the presence of God? In a very simplistic way, here's what I want you to notice in this crowd story. that a lot of times when you get in the presence of God, you get more than what you came for. I've seen it over the years. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it pastoring. You could come for one thing, like I'm just going because my wife wouldn't get off my case, or I'm going because my parent was like, as long as you live under my roof, I'm just going because my boyfriend or girlfriend, they just like drugged me here. Well, that's sort of what they did with this guy, is carrying them to Jesus. Maybe some of you have logged on before Maybe some of you have sat in a row or a chair thinking, going to church, it's what I do, I want God in my life, it's part of my weekly schedule, but I've watched over and over and over again in my life where there have been times that God has done way more than what you were expecting. Where you thought you were coming for this, but God said, while you're here, let me do that. Is there anyone today that's thankful for a God that does exceeding and abundant above all you ever ask or think or imagine? Maybe today you're at that kind of a moment. My final Crowd story is Matthew 9, two verses. While they were going out, again, this last minute miracle, while they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not, there's your can't, won't, shouldn't part of the story, could not talk, he's brought to Jesus. When the, when the demon was driven out, men who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing, nothing like this has ever, ever been seen in Israel. So again, we have a crowd. We have a could not. For this guy, not only is it out of control in the natural, it's one thing when the 12 year I spent all that I had, I tried many physicians, doctors, all I have is a stretch. All I can do is crawl in a crowd. It's, it's one thing when the guy on the mat's broad, can't walk on his own, but he has some positive friends. It's One thing when a guy's on the sidelines or crying out even the more. But sometimes, sometimes in your life, you actually come under spiritual attack or freak anyone out. Maybe you don't like to hear words like demons or the devil or, you know, some people before, like Pastor Micah, you know, that freaks me out. Well, it should. There is spiritual warfare. The enemy would love nothing more than to take some of you out. For this guy, he has a spiritual attack going on. And he's brought to Jesus. And Jesus, the Bible talks about the anointing will reference two things. One, one, Michaela will say there's an anointing that breaks the yoke. Then the Bible says there's an anointing that destroys the yoke. don't want to get too deep into it, but I do think there's special moments where things are broken off of our life. I think there's other very powerful moments where it actually destroys it. It's not coming back. It's not being put back together. It's destroyed off of your life. And the crowd is so amazed in this moment. I I don't know what this demon-possessed guy has been facing. I don't know what he's been doing. I don't know the byproduct of this attack. All I know is the crowd is so amazed at this miracle... You know, when you watch, when you watch something get broken off someone's life, it could be an addiction, it could be a habit, it could be pornography, it could be anger, rage, it could be a lot of different things. But when you watch, I've seen it over the years, something get broken off someone's life and people's like, that's not even the same guy. That, that's, that's not even the same woman. The crowd seems to have that response. And they're like, we've never seen anything like that in Israel. How awesome would it be, how awesome would it be, if God was to break some things off someone's life, that people in your family would be like, we've never seen anything like this in our family. Or maybe in your school, maybe on your job. How awesome would it be in Richland County, Knox County, Morrow County, Wayne County, Ashland County, Ohio? How awesome would it be if God began to send a revival and a renewal and a restoring, that miracles and signs and wonders began to take place, and people would be like, we have never seen anything like this before. That was this kind of a miracle. We get ready to pray today. All of these stories, I think, I, I know they're several thousand years old, but but I think every one of these stories, you could take the template if you would. You could take the pattern of these passages, these stories, and you could apply them. Some of you to your own life. You could feel like you get lost in the crowd, like Pastor Micah. I'm at school and my friends in a locker room on a team, my class, X amount of people graduate. And the enemy can start to tell you in those moments, the enemy can start to tell you no one even knows what you're going through. The enemy could tell you that. No one even knows. No one really knows. They see you, how you doing? Good, smile. Like, but they don't really know what you're going through. That, that's, how, that's how the enemy wants you to think. The enemy wants you to think Jesus doesn't know you're in the crowd. Everyone's bumping and pushing against you. What do you mean, who touched me? The enemy wants you to think that way. You you could think that way even in church. You slip in, you slip out. Someone says, how long have you been coming? Is this your first time here? And you're like, I've been coming three months, three years. What do you mean is this my first time? I can't believe no one notices me. You how know many times that happens? and I'm just talking in junk. You know how many times that could happen? You're like, no one even knows. All these people that are, are seeing everyone else's situation, they don't really know what I'm going through. And the enemy will mess with your mind to make you think you're lost in the crowd. But in all four of these crowd stories, Jesus... Picks up on the person that needs him in the moment. So the crowd, large crowd, not just a crowd, a large crowd. Step with me again as we're getting ready to pray. Large crowd. Some bl- blind guy on the side, off the beaten path. Jesus, son of David. I'm just revisiting with you. You read it with me. Jesus. He stopped, right? We read it, Jesus stopped. Shh, shh, I know, shh. Who's calling me? I feel the Holy Spirit even as I say, who's, who's calling, huh? What do you want me to do for you? That was a question. What do you want me to do for you? See, the enemy's on one hand trying to tell you No one really knows. No one really cares. It's a crowd. It's crazy for everyone. There's people all over the world going through all this stuff. 2020 and into the new everywhere. But on January 3rd, what if Jesus is stopping for you? I've shared with you four stories. What if you're a fifth story today? What if you're a fifth story today? Maybe you feel like all you have left is a stretch. You're like, "Ah, I think, I think maybe I touched the... I think maybe I got the hem of his garment. I mean, I felt something against my, like, maybe. I know your story's not exact, but just go with me. She just like stretched, like, I think. And Jesus says, no, that was different. I know you're telling me everyone bumped up against me, but that when she sang that, that was different. When, when, when she raised her hand, that was different. When the tear came, that was different. It was, that was, who touched me? I don't know who's in the crowd today. Is it you? I started this message two weeks ago. Late at night, began to read through it, and it was just like illuminated to me. Who's in the crowd today? You, Zach? Who's in the crowd that while the enemy is trying to say, while the enemy is trying to tell you, you don't matter, nobody cares, God isn't aware, but this whole moment right now, this whole moment could be God for you. We close our eyes today and we pray. I feel his holy presence right now. His eyes closed. Even online, if you're able to, to close your eyes and pray with us, I'm asking you to do. Maybe it's you today. Maybe it's Anthony Gaddis in the fourth row. It's like Jesus, I need your help. You can have a crowd, but Jesus is like, I heard that, I heard that, Anthony, I heard it. Maybe it's Lisa. Maybe it's Debbie. Maybe it's Lori Beasley. Who's in the crowd today? Who's the person that feels like you were at the lowest of the low? Maybe you even feel like Jesus is on his way out of town and you're like, Micah, it's too late. It's too far gone. If you knew how far my marriage had gone, if you knew how much I've messed up my ministry, if you knew... If you knew the struggles I have right now, you wouldn't be telling me this. Jesus is literally walking out of town. And Bartimaeus cried even the more. If you can still hear me, I want you to think about it. If you can still hear me, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I don't know who needs this message right now, but I feel the Holy Spirit I'm asking you, I I can give you God's Word. The last couple of weeks I've been preparing this, I can give you God's Word, but now it's your opportunity to mix faith with the Word of God. I don't see anyone looking around, but if you need a miracle, and maybe it's not even a personal miracle, maybe you're a cock carrier today. Maybe you're like, my prayer today is not even just for me. I'm trying to pray for someone else. I'm, I'm just trying to tear a roof off for someone else. Maybe you're saying, God, I want, I want you to save my spouse. I've asked you and asked you and asked you, but I'm back again with persistent faith. I'm asking you to save my mom or dad. I'm asking you to save my son or daughter. What is the miracle you need today? I started with the question. I'm ending with the question. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? God, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Do you need forgiveness of sin? He told the lame man on the mat, forgive your sins. The greatest miracle you'll ever receive is forgiveness of sin. If you need forgiveness of sin today, ask him. Ask him, will you forgive me today? Will you save me today? If you need a miracle in your family, for some of you, a miracle in your mind, the torment of your thoughts. Maybe for others, you are like that man that you feel like you've been under an evil attack. But can I remind you today, he'll stop the crowd. He'll stop the crowd for you. And I believe he's stopping even right now. If you need a miracle today, just lift your hand up. Say, Pastor Micah, pray for me right over here, sir. Thank you. Back here. This couple, thank you. Teenagers. This couple here in the middle, thank you. Thank you. Here in the front, thank you. Back there, thank you, ma'am. Right over here, thank you. I need a miracle today. Will will you put words to it now? Don't don't let me just put the words. Will you put words to it? Will you begin to say what the miracle is you need? Come on, say it out loud. I need a miracle and say it out loud. I need a miracle in my job. I need a miracle in my business. I need a miracle in my mind. I need a miracle with my child, my son, my daughter. I need a miracle in my ministry, my calling, my purpose. What it what is it today? Will you say it out loud? Will you say it out loud? I, I, I've seen you move. I've seen you move mountains, and I'm believing right now on Sunday, January 3rd, I believe you will do it. Come on, story side, I believe you'll do it again. Hands are still going up. I see some of you wiping tears. If you're with a close family member, I understand distance, but if you're with a close family member or friend, maybe you could just be that cot carrier for someone today and pray for them. Just pray for their strength today. Pray for a miracle. God, spiritually, we believe for you to make a move today. Make a move today, God. Make a move today, God. Give someone more than they came for. Even those online, give someone more than they came for. They thought it was another Sunday, but give someone more than they even came for today. And I pray these prayers, whether it's forgiveness of sin, whether it's the physical, whether it's spiritual and emotional, I thank you for miracles today. I give you glory for miracles today. I give you appreciation for miracles today. God, I give you gratitude for miracles today. I believe that this day is a game changer for someone. I believe someone came on a mat, but they're going to leave with a miracle. I thank you for it today, and I pray these prayers in Jesus' name name. Amen. Can we stand and sing a story side? If you can raise a hand, would you do it right now? Come on, tell them I exercise my faith today. I release my faith today, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm believing you for a miracle today, God. 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 Silence someone's fears. Silence someone's fears today silence the lies of the enemy today silence all of the I can I won't it's impossible silence it today let faith see through the fog let faith see through the fog today 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 the fog today Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue to sing this, I just really feel to challenge someone to pray for that family member that you feel like it's impossible. I just feel that. So before I transition, if there's a family member that you're like, there's no way they would ever accept Jesus. Pastor Micah, there's no way. They're so far away from anything God-related. I want to ask you to pray for them right now. Will you do that with me? we continue to sing this song. I just want you to pray right now. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, but that you would pray, God, save them in 2021. Save them in 2021. Save them in 2021. Maybe some of you, you have that miracle in mind that you're like, wow, God, if you ever saved that marriage, that would be a miracle. If you ever turned that situation around, that would be a miracle. If God ever made a... I've never seen anything like that before, not in Israel, but I've never seen anything like that before in Belleville or Butler or Fredericktown or Mount Vernon or Ontario or Lexington or Mansfield. I'm asking you to pray that kind of a prayer right now. God, give us miracles. Give us miracles. We get our hopes up today. We get our hopes up today. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We get our hopes up today. And we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we sing it again? Come on, declare it today. Declare the name of Jesus. Declare your faith in God today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.